time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean drama smoothies and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On Check It Out with Paul. Paul in the studio barely got me still breathing because you scared the bejesus out of me in that opening. Just before the mics came on, there was a... You can't even see it because of the mask and stuff, but I, oh, my heart just skipped a couple of beats. I thought, I thought people might enjoy that. I think I'm going to live a year less thanks to that. Thank you very hey, much, though. Getting scared is good for you. I'm sure it is in some ways. It must stimulate the body because I've been like learning recently that stress for the body is a good thing in many ways not mental stress but like pushing it to the limits in terms of exposing it to cold and like holding your breath apparently is good for you and stuff in certain situations so i I reckon getting scared is probably not terrible for you yeah this will make a great radio show if you hold your breath for the whole 40 minutes you've written a script so i'll just cover it i'm just kidding please start breathing paul i don't know cpr and you've got a mask so i can't do mouth to mouth either (laughs) okay fine (laughs) Uh, have you had a good week? You a Halloween fan, Paul? I love a bit of Halloween. I don't. I don't really do anything for Halloween. <laughs> no trick what, or treating. No, but I love watching horror movies oh, and I love reading that, horror books. <laughs> yeah, so I love it, and I also love it because it's the time of year when the leaves are changing and mm. everything's getting cold and a little bit spooky. And yes. you know, with that fantastic fine dust today, it feels <laughs> like we're in the midst of a spooky fog. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is the one time we can excuse it because it is really bad today. But it does make things look somewhat unnerving right yes so so i'm in a very good mood today i'm feeling i'm feeling all spectacular any recommendations then perhaps for a scary movie or a scary drama extra points if it's korean as well oh, oh you're putting me on the spot i'm there, sorry you? paul no have that's you seen right. cork song because i haven't seen that and okay. i've heard so many good things <laughs> I, I have seen it but i will not recommend it it's oh, fantastic okay. but i got to the end of it and i was really upset because oh. i was confused and scared <laughs> and i didn't know what to do i think it's a great film but it's really scary okay i would say if you want to if you want to go old school go yeah. for whispering corridors oh Yogugidam. okay that sounds good i think that's part of maybe a series it I'm is i think there's been about five or six of them so far but the first couple are yeah. really really good the, the the sequels are not so good <laughs> but korea does horror really really well mm. um and there are lots of great korean horror movies out there so yes. uh, it's worth investigating sarah asking do korean kids like to do trick-or-treating Unfortunately, it's still not, or fortunately, depending on your point of view of trick-or-treating, it's not really cottoned on. It's not really a big deal here. Well, no, it's, I mean, it's a very American thing. It's sort of, it's gone to the UK, but not in the same extent. Mm. And certainly here in Korea, rather than trick-or-treating, getting dressed up is one thing. Yes. I think kindergartens mm-hmm. and certain uh, academies or schools might have Halloween parties. Yeah. But no, trick-or-treating, I think, I think also it can put pressure on people if you're not used to it. If sure. the whole community does it, great. Mm. But if suddenly you're in your apartment, you get a knock on the door and it's like, where's my candy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it might it might <laughs> cause some bad feeling in the apartment block. Yeah, I think so. So uh, thanks for your question, Sarah. We like these random ones. Yes. Uh, Sherry shouted you out earlier saying, Paul, I'm reading an autobiography of death now and hopefully I can find the short story collection you're doing today. I think you will be able to find it. I'm so glad you're reading it. I hope you enjoy it right to the very end. Today's book is a creepy one. 
It is. It's a spooky book. It's not too spooky. Don't worry. It's okay. going to be okay. <laughs> but if you like, if you like uh, scary, spooky stories, this is the perfect book for you. It is amazing. I was reading it over the weekend. I just couldn't put it down. It's called. Cursed Bunny, Choju Toki, and it's by Jung Bora or Bora Chung, as she's titled on the English version. It's translated by Anton Her, and it is a horrific joy to read. Oh, lovely! And it's lots of short stories.、Uh, yeah, we've got ten short stories ranging from a spooky head that appears in a toilet, what, to an epic journey of a princess trying to help the blind prince she loves. Oh, but today we're just focusing on one story in particular.、Mm. Um, but I have to say they're all brilliant.、Oh. Uh, there are some. They, it feels like they're, they're all completely different styles,、wow. all with completely different voices, almost as if it's completely different authors writing them. But it's all the same author. Wow.、Um, so the story we're going to look at today is the titular story. It is Cursed Bunny, and it is a lovely, spooky, creepy tale. Tell us more about the author before we get into it, then.、Uh, Bora Chung, she's a, both a writer and a translator.、Uh, she actually majored in Russian literature and language、Ooh. at university.、Um, she also got her MA at Yale. She got a PhD in Slavic literatures at Indiana University.、Um, and she's a, a brilliant writer.、Um, she debuted, I think it was 1998,、mm-hmm. her story, The Head. Which is actually in Cursed Bunny.、Ah. It's the first story about the head in the toilet.、Mm-hmm. That won the Yonsei Literature Prize. And then over the past couple of decades, she's published three novels, three collections of short stories. And what's interesting, she, she actually teaches Russian language and literature at Yonsei University.、Nice. And she translates Russian and Polish fiction. Into Korean. Fantastic. I hope there are Russian and Polish versions of her works as well. That would be cool. And、uh, recently had a bestseller.、Uh, yeah, The Red Sword was a, a big hit here. I'm hoping someone's going to translate it. Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Anton Her is a name we've mentioned a good few times. I think he's、uh, responded to our tweets, your tweets about today's reading.、Uh, he has.、Uh, he's a fantastic translator. We featured him last year.、Um, and、uh, I'm hoping we're going to feature him again this year because he's got a new book out tomorrow. Oh.、Uh, tomorrow sees the release of Love in the Big City by Sang Young Park.、Mm-hmm. And he's got more translations coming up over the next couple of years.、Uh, he's had an interesting life. He lives in Seoul, but he was born in Stockholm in Sweden.、Ooh. He grew up in British Hong Kong, in Ethiopia, and Thailand. But he's been living here in Korea for the past 30 years.、Um, and uh, he is, uh, he's taught at Iwa University Graduate School of Translation and Interpretation, taught at LTI Korea and the Yonsei Department、uh, of Korea. In language and literature. What a career. And、uh, he, he's a very, very good translation. We looked at his、uh, translation of The Court Dancer, which was written by、uh, Shin Gyung Suk, and then we had The Underground Village as well. We featured both of them last year.、Um, so fantastic. He does a really good job of capturing the spirit of、uh, each author. I was thinking about it when、mm. I look back at these three books、yeah. that we've looked at. Each one of them is very, very different in style,、wow. very, very different in tone. And the translator's job is to capture that style, that tone, that spirit. And I think he does it really well. Yeah, to almost be transparent in a way. Not easy sometimes. Well done, Anton.、Uh, he's got a blog if you want to check it out, antonher.com. Let's get to our first reading where the story begins.、Uh, yes, we're, well, well, we're going to talk about the cursed bunny itself. The target of the curse has to touch the cursed fetish with their own hands. That's the most important aspect of any cursed fetish, and the trickiest part 
in getting it to work. Grandfather summoned all his connections, high and low, to get in touch with someone who knew someone who knew yet another someone who worked for a subcontractor for the company that killed his friend. He asked the first someone to hand deliver the bunny lamp to the competitor company's CEO. There was a switch embedded in the back of the bunny that made the light turn on when stroked, like a real live pet rabbit. This someone who knew someone who knew yet another someone did as he was told. He visited the competitor company's CEO and said the lamp was a gift from the subcontractor company, demonstrating the on and off switch with gloved hands. The CEO simply nodded his head, distracted by some papers he was signing, took a call passed on from his assistant and abruptly left his office, saying he had a meeting with a member of the National Assembly. This someone who knew someone who knew yet another someone had no choice but to leave the bunny lamp behind in the CEO's office. On his way out, he implored the CEO's assistant sitting outside to not let anyone touch the lamp except the CEO. But as he was merely a nobody who worked for a subcontractor, the assistant simply nodded her head like her boss had done and went back to reading her magazine. Grandfather, having heard what had happened, sighed as it occurred to him that the course of the curse would be altered slightly. Tropic Girl saying, I fear the stories in that book Paul is going to give us nightmares. I love that line. Someone who knew someone who knew yet another. Someone! <laughs> Unique! Is this a hearsay story? Grapevine? Mm, maybe. Interesting. And Silver Granny and a Grumpy Gnome saying, uh, JK wanted to do something for Halloween, so he must be the cursed bunny. Oh, and... Looking at this, I was thinking of maybe an actual rabbit or a rabbit's foot. You know, there's superstitions with that. It sounds a bit more funny. It's, it's a rabbit lamp. It is a rabbit lamp, a okay. cursed rabbit lamp. <laughs> okay, that's an interesting place to start and have a story titled on. Uh, yes, so what we have here is a grandfather who's telling this story to the narrator. Mm -hmm. And the grandfather, his job is to make cursed objects. Oh, and he's told this story many times, and his grandchild is sort of humouring him as he explains everything. The, the, grand, the grandkid knows where the story is going. Okay. Now, normally, and this is important, it is forbidden to use a cursed fetish for personal use, Ooh. and you must not curse any handmade item. Uh -huh. But Grandfather broke both these rules with the bunny for revenge for his friend. Who was killed. Well, who killed himself. Oh, so his friend's family uh, were alcoholic spirit artisans, mm. basically making liquor. They were very successful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they became friends when they were kids. And because he was friends with this successful family, he became accepted as well, even though the grandfather's family was working in the supernatural trade. <laughs> okay. And his friend grew up and wanted to carry on the tradition and wanted to mass produce wine distilled by hand from steamed rice. Okay. But at that time, the government put a ban on it. They said... Rice is precious. It can't be used for alcohol, only for food. Oh, that's true in Korea, right? Exactly. And so many manufacturers started using ethanol, really nasty mm. alcohol and additives yes. and chemicals. And the friend, well, he didn't want that. So he didn't give up and he found another way and uh -huh. he was successful. But then a larger company who was making this nasty, cheaper stuff started spreading lies about his booze being dangerous. <gasps> Sales plummeted. He ended up hanging himself. 
and the larger company bought his company out. It was all a scheme. Exactly. So grandfather was not happy. Decides he's going to take revenge.、Mm-hmm. His friend was so good, so kind, and he couldn't believe that this kind of thing was allowed to happen. So he made the bunny. Oh, and the bunny ends up after being in the CEO's office、mm-hmm. in the company's warehouse. Oh no! And that's where revenge starts to take place because at night the bunny comes to life. Oh, actually, it's not just cursed. There's a live bunny, and the bunny starts nibbling at old documents,、mm-hmm. at account books, <laughs> at papers. It's leaving droppings everywhere, and the company thinks they've got a rat problem.、Uh-huh. And they try to get rid of them, but the bunny multiplies, <gasps> and the bunnies keep on nibbling. And they go from the warehouse to the offices, and they're destroying all the important documents. Nothing is safe. Good. Plus, there's rumours that there's a rat infestation at、oh. the company, so people don't trust the alcohol anymore. Nice. And then during a PR event to、mm-hmm. try and smooth things over, something happens. Let's find out what. The PR event was a success. Everyone stayed late, drinking the free alcohol into the wee hours of the night. Having endured it for as long as she could, the CEO's daughter-in-law left with the child. When he began whining from exhaustion, the boy hugged the bunny lamp tightly in the car that took him home. The rat rumor seemed like it had finally been laid to rest, and the fundamental reason for the rumors, the bunny lamp, had been moved from the warehouse to the house of the CEO's son. But the bunnies that had already spread throughout the company's branches and retailers' warehouses did not go away. The ones that had moved into the offices with the documents didn't go away either. They continued to multiply and chew up everything in sight. Every night, inside the drawers and steel cabinets, all manner of documents, order forms, contracts, business performance reviews, account books, and financial statements were chewed to shreds. Even when the most important documents were moved into the vault, the cash, checks, and promissory notes within began to get chewed up as well. The company undertook a building-wide professional extermination, dumping all of their things on the lawns, including the contents of the vault. As all this went on, the CEO's grandson did his homework by the light of the bunny lamp at home, and slept in a bed right next to it. The boy loved the cute lamp of the bunny sitting beneath a tree and bragged to his friends that his grandfather had been gifted it from overseas. The CEO's grandson touched the lamp several times a day, stroking the bunny's back in order to switch the light on and off. The bunny did not chew up the paper in the house of the CEO's son. It chewed up something else instead. Oh my goodness, Paul Matthews! I'm getting scared," says Princess Mama, <laughs> and so do I as well. With the escalating <laughs> organs in the background, I love the feel of this story. Though you're right, it's not doesn't sound too scary, too extreme so、yeah. far. It's just a grandfather recounting what happened to his grandchild. But it's very unnerving at the same time. I'm thinking of like Lemony Snicket's kind of styley. Is that the thing on the flicks? Is that the right name? That、Have、is Lemony that? Snicket's a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, it kind of has that vibe for me. And so 
is something really untoward happening to the boy when it seems that he's happy with the lamp so oh, far? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, no. He's happy with the lamp, Peter, <laughs> but the Peter, Peter, the lamp, uh-huh. it's chewing up something else. What, what is the something else? Well, the boy starts to forget his homework. Okay. He starts to get irrationally angry. He starts to obsess over food, hoarding it. He starts to get lost in his own neighbourhood. Uh-oh. They take him to the doctor who tells them to find a psychiatrist, but the father refuses. He doesn't want to believe his child has gone mad. Mm-hmm. And the boy gets worse. And worse. And worse. And he ends up bedridden, muttering nonsense to himself and focused only on the bunny. Oh, my. This is getting extreme. Meanwhile... The company is hit with a tax audit. The problem is, all the documents are gone, Uh nibbled by the bunnies. Okay, that's a big problem. And finally, the boy dies. Oh, no! He passes away, and his father, the CEO's son, is inconsolable. Uh The father ends up clutching the bunny, because it's the one thing his son loved, and he strokes it as he cries. Big mistake. And then, well, there's an accident. Uh Uh-huh. The father has a stroke. He falls and breaks bones and he ends up in hospital in huge casts. Goodness. And he starts to hallucinate about a rabbit sitting on his bed. He tries to get away. He tries to get up, but the nurses restrain him and more of his bones break. Uh Uh-oh. And every time he opens his eyes, he screams about the bunnies. He tries to get away and breaks more bones. Oh, dear. This has taken a twist for the worst. But maybe all deserved uh, after what happened to the guy's friend, the grandfather's friend. We'll find out what happens in part three. It's the station to listen to. Arirang Radio. So, what happened next? I ask. Of course. I know what happens next. The questions I ask when the storytelling stops in the expected places aren't questions per se, but prompts for him to go on with the story. Unwritten stage directions we have more or less come to agree upon. They all died, says Grandfather, absently stroking the ears and head of the bunny. The CEO's son died in the hospital, a funeral was held, and the next day the CEO himself fell from the roof of his company building. The bunny flicks the tip of its ears. Never make a cursed fetish for personal reasons. Never use a handmade object in a personal curse. There are reasons for these unwritten rules. There's a Japanese saying that goes, cursing others leads to two graves. Anyone who curses another person is sure to end up in a grave themselves. Although, in Grandfather's case, there are more than two graves. The CEO he cursed, the CEO's son, and the CEO's grandson. All dead. And to this day, no one knows the location of Grandfather's grave. He just left home one day and never returned. Well, no. I suppose he did return. On evenings when the moon is covered by gloomy clouds, or when it's raining so heavily that the showers seem to obscure the light of the street lamps, or on nights so dark and forlorn that no light, neither natural nor artificial, can withstand it, Grandfather reappears in the armchair next to the window. 
turns on the bunny lamp and begins to tell the same story he has told me scores of times before. Perhaps that's grandfather's curse or his blessing. Oh, I love this. This has got to be a movie, or at least a short movie. Something oh, it would be like brilliant. That. You know, a, 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 one of those half-hour horror specials. Yeah, it's such a great story. Oh, so the grandfather, because he broke the rules, yeah. he has to perish as well. Exactly, and he's forever cursed to return as a ghost <laughs> to tell his story again and again as he sits next to the cursed bunny lamp. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking this is very unique, you know, this cursed bunny, but Aimlita brings up the point that's kind of Annabelle or Chucky-esque where you've got a cursed doll, I suppose. Oh, yeah, look, look, there are cursed objects all over the place and we, we know about voodoo dolls. In fact, in Korea, we have a tradition of cursed dolls. Oh. So they're called Jeung, okay. and they're dolls made out of straw. If you've ever watched historical dramas, you might have seen them being used to curse or even kill people. Yes. So there is this tradition here in Korea. Not bunnies, mm -hmm. but certainly cursed objects. Ah, yeah, I have seen those straw <clears throat> little men. Not quite as detailed as some voodoo dolls you might see in Hollywood dramas and movies and stuff. But yes, I don't think it's too common for regular folk to, to do it these days, right? R really? Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. I've got a doll shaped like Peter. <laughs> My mind is getting chewed up as well. Silver Granny saying that's what the chewing was then. Maybe the mind of the grandson. Yes. Right. And Princess Mom Wolf saying, Paul Matthews, okay, I'm officially scared of bunnies. Oh, dear. Sorry. Siska saying, I know one story from Korea about haunted objects, and it was about a sofa. A sofa that kept being thrown away, and someone took it again, and it became haunted, and that pattern just continued on and on. I've not heard that story, Siska. I wonder where, where you picked that up. That's interesting. From your wife. <gasps> My about your sofa. own sofa. Oh, it does look pretty scary. It's dirty. <laughs> uh, a Tropic Girl says, he makes cursed objects by putting spells on them. <gasps> W-A-T-H. So the cursed bunny caused him to commit suicide. Is that the thought here? Mm. And haunted objects, I think objects can hold negative energy for sure. Oh. And animals coming alive at night, it sounds a little like Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's all these different elements. And I think that's the thing. It's not it's not proper full-on horror, but it's really lovely and creepy and spooky and sends a shiver down your spine. Yeah, I hope Sarah Louise, who does depend on your voice to send her to sleep, does oh. not have nightmares today. <laughs> oh, Sarah Louise, don't worry, you're safe tonight. The rabbits won't, <laughs> won't get you. <laughs> so, looking at these curses, and yeah, I don't think it's commonplace for Koreans to make those straw figures these days, and I hope no. you don't, Paul, as well. But there are still some superstitions that we believe. Oh, right? there are so many, and it feels appropriate that we should talk about some of them, because mm -hmm. some of them are really interesting. So, yeah. for example, I was brought up as an actor to never whistle in the theatre. Oh, really? It's bad luck. Is yeah. it? Like in, in Western culture, that's yeah. bad luck. Generally, okay. if you speak to actors, no, never whistle in the theatre. Do you know where that comes from? At no, all? I'm not sure, oh. but here in Korea, there is a whistling superstition. Mm. It's not about the theatre, it's no. about never whistling at night. Yeah, I feel, but I'm not sure, that it comes from just adults who don't want their kids to make noise at night. So Quite possibly. Whistling or even screaming, my grandma used to say, actually for me, it wasn't monsters or anything, it was rats. She'd Ooh. say, the rats are going to come and get you. 
Well, that's interesting you say rats because rats are involved in another oh, superstition. Okay, you should never cut your fingernails or your toenails at night、oh. because the rats will eat the clippings and they transform into you. I have heard that, so don't whistle and clip your nails. Never、the、do it at the same time. Definitely coming.、Uh, yes,、uh, another one which is less spooky but certainly superstitious is、mm-hmm. if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, never give them a pair of shoes as a gift. Because they will put them on and run away. Yeah, I used to have, and I still have a slight fetish for trainers or sneakers, as our、yeah. American friends call them. And so, for my wife, I said as a birthday idea when we first started dating, "Can、mm. I have these trainers?" And she was like, "You're going to run away." I was like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> It's not what the point、yeah. of that gift is." But she told me about that Korean superstition. Yeah, funny that because my wife every six months or so gives me a new pair of shoes. <laughs> They're just piling up in front of the door. <laughs> <laughs>、um, one I think many people will be familiar with because we do have Sunung coming up,、uh-huh. the big、uh, test for high school kids. Yeah. Is before the test you should never eat miyokguk, never eat seaweed soup,、mm-hmm. and that might seem completely random, but、yeah. it's because of the language, I think, right? Shome putta means to like pass a test, and I think putta means to stick, right? Yes, so seaweed soup is slippery, <laughs> so if you eat it or drink it,、yeah. they,、uh, the facts or the information will slip out of your brain. But、oh、if you eat something sticky,、mm. like some traditional toffee,、yeah. then the facts will stick in your brain and. You will pass your exam. Well, if you've studied hard, you、yes. may pass your exam. <laughs> Not just about the eating, is it? Yeah.、Uh, yes.、Um, another one、um, which I was amazed about when I first came here because、mm-hmm. I used to use all sorts of different colours of pens to write things down. Yeah. A friend of mine said, "Never use that red pen. You have to write down my name. Oh, that's a bad move because you only write someone's name in red. Yeah, when they're dead." Yeah, so that one is still not. I don't think anyone believes it, but they're just like, don't tempt fate, you know.、Yeah. Don't write in red still to this day. And for teachers, and I know many people came here as English teachers, you. Maybe do that, right? Write someone's name in red. Because you're marking in red, it'd be <laughs>、yeah. very common. And so many parents would be very hurt by that. I've learned not to do that. I still change colours, even if it's a hassle when I need to write someone's name. Absolutely,、yeah. never write in red.、Okay. Um, another one which I'm I don't believe because my wife takes me there every weekend. There's lots is, of hints here, Paul. <laughs> if you if you walk down the、uh, stone walled path next to Toxigum Palace with、mm. your lover,、yeah. you will break up. I think that one has some reality behind it because there's a lot of divorce offices around there. I don't know if the、uh, superstition predates them being there, but I've heard that's part of the origin story. Well, they're taking advantage of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.、Um, th- th- another one which I, my wife is very insistent I need、mm. to stop doing, but I do all the time, is shaking my legs. Yeah, like under the table, kind of almost、bouncing. kind of tapping or bouncing. Yeah. yeah, and the idea is if you shake your legs, you're also going to shake away your luck. I feel that's another one. Parents are just annoyed by it, right? Yeah, <laughs> just like stop doing it. Let's make up a reason. All your luck is. I think it's、go. exercise. It it's does burn、you. calories, surely, right?、Um, and one that's more modern, and I know that people have big arguments on the internet about it,、yeah. is、uh, never sleep with the fan on and the windows closed. You could suffocate or die somehow, right? Yes. Now I know that some people have said, "Well, there's actual, there's, there's factual information about this," and other、mm. people say, "No, it's nonsense." I just know that. <laughs> If I'm using the fan, I've probably got the window open because I want cool air to come in. Yeah, I don't tempt fate with this. I heard that they did a program and. And how you could die—it's very rare. But if you were drunk, say, yes, and so you were completely out of it, and the fan is just directly on you and not moving, 
your body temperature just lowers to a point where you could actually die of like hyper hypothermia. Yes. So don't do that. No. Um, okay, but I do. I do have a luckier one. Oh, let's if, have a positive one. Sarah, Sarah Louise is going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Sarah, dream of pigs, not rabbits. No, not rabbits. Dream of pigs. If you dream of pigs, you should go out and buy yourself a lottery ticket because they're very, very lucky if they appear in your dreams. Well, that is seen as auspicious, isn't it? And I heard if there's also some feces. Along with the pig, it's even better. Bit of poo, bit of pig, you're going to win the lottery. Pig poo millionaires. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, and one which I, I, I learned early on um, mm-hmm. is about chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, people are fine about manners and chopsticks if you're a foreign in Korea. They're like, yeah. okay, you're getting used to it. But sure. one thing you should never do, if you have a bowl of rice, mm-hmm. never stick your chopsticks into the rice directly, standing up in the rice. Yeah, I mean, that's not a common thing to do, I suppose. But if you do that, people will quickly tell you, hey, 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 no, no, no. I think it's to do with, like, ancestral rites. Yeah, because it looks like an incense standing up. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so there are things you should and shouldn't do. And one more thing, the final superstition, if you're moving house, which I know you just did. I did. What have I done? Did you clean the house before you moved? Before we moved? Yeah, the old house. Oh, a little bit. Oh, no. Oh, no. Why? If you do that, you let the spirits know that you're moving, so they'll be prepared to follow you. Goodness gracious. You should have left those spirits behind. Well, we had... They've come with you in the sofa. We had a good few years there. They're the good spirits. Is that a a rabbit behind you? Ah! (laughs) Have a happy Halloween, Paul. Thanks for the readings. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you. Thanks, as always, to the Literature Translation Institute of Korea for the help with copyright vision of this broadcast. Thank you to Bora Chung for her spooky tales and Anton Herr for his wicked translation. Goodbye. Happy Halloween. You can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Adidang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.